0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: You either win or you learn, and that's how all the deals work. You know, you either either win and get your return or you learn and and you move on and, and you don't do that again.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we're speaking with founder of Star Dynamic Property Investments, Lindsay Stewart. Find out about his journey into the US property market, learn about some intricate details that are important before purchasing property in the US, how he purchased more than 100 properties in less than 5 years and much, much more. it shares with us more details on how he helps his clients purchase property in the US.
1: Essentially, really what we do as I probably mentioned earlier in the piece is we help people try and navigate the US market without sort of falling into the pitfalls and the, 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 the scams I guess of, of international investing. Um, there's a number of different ways we have we have a number of different service levels depending on what the person's interested in Um, anything from coaching and training if they're interested in getting in we can provide support and and training and, and let them know what to look for what not to look for so the red flags to to look out for all that sort of stuff on the other hand we have a lot of people come through who don't have a lot of time and to be honest with you are not particularly interested in learning how to invest they just want it done for them and we can do the whole thing for them we can we can find the properties close the properties renovate the properties sell the properties and just hand over the 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 return so um, you know we we have a whole range of services in between Um, some people already have properties over there which actually you caught us at a good time. We're just about to launch a, a new program called Our Investors in a Circle, um, which is like a membership program where network, we, we network all you, anyone who's interested in US property or already investing in US property together. And we're doing workshops and training courses and uh, all that sort of thing at, at, with just a monthly subscription. Um, uh, you know, people are generating joint ventures together and all that sort of stuff in the U.S. market and of course, we've got all that coaching and training available. So, that can be a really good thing for people and again, all the details are on our website there.
0: Stuart was struggling to purchase the right properties in the U.S. So, he needed to build a relationship with a realtor so that he could trust while he was still in Australia. He explains how he did this.
1: I actually did it online. I, I, I knew nothing about the U.S. apart from the fact that... Uh, you know, I was working for a US company. I, I didn't know anybody in the US, nobody that I knew um, had relatives or friends in the US. Uh, so, you know, I, I literally got online and I and I was looking up agents in the area and trying to look up the top agents and I'd be ringing them and most of them sometimes would be hanging up on me. A couple of them thought it must be a scam. What was this guy from Australia ringing on to buy a property? Um You know, so, you know, it was was surprising. I probably made 20 or 30 phone calls to be able to get three or four agents um, that actually would want to deal with me, funnily enough, Uh, and then secondly, could fairly fairly quickly weed out that a few of those, you know, were all talk, you know, that they'd say they'd do things and never come through or I'd never hear back from them or I'd be constantly chasing them up. Um, It it was literally just that I I ended up with two agents who were sort of actively sort of doing things for me but, one particularly seemed to be you know really really good at what she did and that's that's sort of where it all started and then of course when i went over there next time i deliberately made sure that you know i took her out to lunch and had a a chat and met face to face and had a talk to her and then from there once you actually do meet these people you'd be surprised how quickly the relationship can change and then they're more than happy to do anything for you Um, you know provided of course that the you've got to make it worth their while i mean I, i was using her to purchase properties i was using her to sell properties so she was getting commissions but at the end of the day, she was still very, very happy to to, to help out anywhere she need, anywhere I needed her, and and that relationship then built after that. Now, you know, having said that, if if you or if anybody was interested in doing it, and they know people in the US who know realtors or something, that is a good way. Referral is probably one of the best ways that you can get those relationships started, um, because the the individual will feel a lot more comfortable if they've been referred to you rather than if you're just ringing them out of the blue. There's always that that cautiousness, um, is this real? You know, whereas if you're referred, that doesn't really come into the cat into the decision.
0: He has purchased more than 100 properties in the US and it tells us about the strategies that has helped him to succeed in the US market.
1: I haven't really changed. Um, we, you know, we have probably three or four different strategies that we can use. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the properties that we do now are for other investors as well. We we help other investors do exactly the same thing that we do, and we can manage the whole process for them right from start to finish. Um, you know, I, I have to go by a little bit what the investor themselves, what strategy they look at. But having said that, I do help um, sort of guide them a little bit and, and do let them know what does and doesn't work in the US. Uh, You know, your buy and hold strategy in the US will work, no problem. Um, The cash flow you can get from US properties is, is I believe, second to none. I've not seen um, any other markets, including Australia, outside of possibly commercial property um, where you can get cash flows of 10% net or greater. But um, but the commercial property in Australia is very, very expensive. You'd need sort of a million dollars plus to get involved in most commercial properties. So, you know, that, that's where I think the US does work. I, I still love the idea, and I guess it's because I'm comfortable with it, of buying distressed properties and being able to renovate them and do them up. And then, of course, you can either hold onto them and you get a very good cash flow, or you can then uh, sell them and, and, and get your, get your return and then move on. So that, that's the, the process I use. There's a couple of other more complex strategies that, that I do employ nowadays. Being in the market for quite a long time, um, I start using uh, some terms like um, what do you call a land contract. I sell some properties on land contracts, which is essentially in Australia, you'd be looking at vendor financing, I guess. It's where I, I actually um, finance the buyer. Um, they pay me a percentage up front and they pay the rest of the rest of it off over a period of five years at, at say ten percent um, you know so there's a few few sort of strategies like that there's um, there's rent to own um, as well which is you know i, I can get a tenant in uh, on the basis that they have an option to purchase the property down the track so there's a couple of little more technical ones but you know i've been in the market a fair while so i, I know how they work and i know how to, to get the best out of those but um, but you know they're the sort of strategies I do use, your, your developments and your um, splitting blocks or splitters, what we would call here in Australia. That's the sort of thing that, that yeah, I just uh, it doesn't work in the states, so we don't do any of that sort of thing.
0: We gained some insight into the intricacies of the deals that Stuart purchases in the US market and how he uses them to his advantage.
1: I bought a property when I was over there last, uh, actually the time before last, I was over there in November uh, last year. Um, bought a property for $15,500 in an area in Michigan called Warren. Um, it's a fairly, uh, it's a sort of a working class uh, suburb, uh, very solid area, you know, really good air. There's There's three or four big factories there. Warren's probably one of my favorite, but it's also, again, it probably because of the my connection with General Motors, there's a big General Motors, uh, their tech center is based in Warren, and they've got a very big assembly plant in Warren. So these, I knew the area pretty well, uh, working in the, the tech center there. But so I bought this property for $15,500, cost me $15,000 to renovate the property, uh, took me about three months, I put a tenant in it. In, so I bought it in November, put a tenant in it at the end of uh, January, and was getting $750 US dollars per month for rent. And then as soon as the summer came around, we put it up on the market um, in May and sold it, uh, what are we now, so it's August, so it, the sale went through at the end of July, so we sold it for $42,500, um, so I've made about $12,500 on the purchase and flip and 750 a month for the last sort of five months in rent. Uh, on that property. So that that was a, a good little property it was actually it was just a small one bedroom house uh, funnily enough but um, you know but quite a good property to have. Now I, I bought just another one recently uh, in Garland Street um, in an area of, uh, of Detroit again called um, Jefferson Chalmers um, which is right down on the water right on Lake Sinclair. Um, great little area this property we paid uh, $40,000 for this house. I'm in the process of renovating the property right at the moment. Uh, this is, it'll I've had the quotes come through. It's going to cost me about $31,500 to finish the renovations, uh, hoping they'll be finished within the next sort of two months. Now, that property will be worth something around about 100000 when I finished. But more to the point, this particular property is a fantastic uh, rental return. So this is a duplex. So there's upstairs is two bedrooms and a bathroom and a kitchen. And downstairs is two bedrooms, a bathroom and a kitchen. So we get um, the tenants up upstairs, we'll get $850 a, a month for the upstairs unit, we'll get 850 for the downstairs unit, so $1,700 US dollars a month. After costs, the net rental return on that property will be $16,000 a year, which is a 20% rental return on that property, which is outstanding. You don't find them, yeah, we don't, find, I mean, even in the US, I don't find that very often. Um, if I any of these sort of properties, if I find them, I snatch them as quickly as I can but um, I, I, they're the ones that I hang on to rather than make a, what is it, a 25, 7% or 30% return if I sell it, I can get 20% year on year just by holding it.
0: Stuart tells us some of the horror stories of some of the houses that he saw in the US and compared it to the types of homes you would see in Australia.
1: These properties are not at all anything you would see in Australia, even the condition uh, I've, I've never seen. I mean, walking through some of these properties when I'm in the states, the first year or so, it was just mind blowing. You know, I, I would walk in, walk through a property that we've just purchased. That would never believe this. This was tenant occupied. Um, this property had no bathroom. The bathroom was completely gutted, was gone. There were walls. There were rooms where there was no ceiling uh, in the rooms at all. The what they call drywall or plasterboard on the walls had been ripped out. Um, someone had broken in and had ripped all the wiring out of the walls, and they'd literally just tear out, tear all the plasterboard off as they do it. Um, the kitchen there was no doors on any of the kitchen cupboards. One of the kitchen benches was had had fallen and was on a, quite a slant. You couldn't put a cup on it; it would just slide straight off. Um, they had a mattress on the floor in one of the in one of the living areas. They were they were sleeping in one of the bedrooms. I think there was a hole in the roof and and the water was leaking in. And this property had had tenants in it. And we I was walking through this. And I'm thinking people actually lived here, and I couldn't believe it. It was just crazy. Um, we spent that particular property. Um, we spent forty thousand dollars to do the renovations and bring it back up to you know a, a really nice livable you know three bedroom house. But even then, these properties are. In Australia, we have a lot of, you know, we have our A-class properties in Australia, which is your mansions and you know, your waterfronts and, you know, that sort of thing. We, uh, most of us would all live in B-class properties, you know, very nice, solid properties in very good, class, in very good areas. Um, and maybe if you went out to, I don't know, in Sydney, for instance, maybe a fair way out west, you might get to some C-class areas. There's probably a couple here in Melbourne. Maybe some rural areas, regional towns would probably have some C-class properties, uh, C class is quite popular in the US but the US also has a D class which is worse again and then they also have an, an E class which you would be classified as a ghetto. So so the condition of the homes and, and the, the difference that we see in the States is, is chalk and cheese to what you see here in Australia. It's not the same at all.
0: Stuart has a particular type of property in mind when he is searching for his next purchase and they aren't necessarily small projects.
1: When you say a little bit of TLC, I don't find too many properties that only need a little bit of TLC. <laughs> most of them. You know, most of these properties are, are now actually the one I just mentioned in Garland Street with the 20% renter return, that would be what I would call cosmetic repairs. Now, it's going to need a new kitchen, a brand new kitchen. The bathroom will update, we'll do all new flooring. We're, we're redoing or we're painting the entire property. Um, you're putting new, new, um, new mechanicals, so new hot water service, new heater, front furnace in it. All that sort of thing is all being done, and that would be what I call cosmetic returns. The majority of the properties I buy are what I would call a full renovation. So you're literally gutting the property almost back to the studs and starting again inside.
0: The challenge of completely guttering a property and flipping it into something that can provide high returns excites Stuart.
1: I would certainly look at those as well. Um, I find that the opportunity in the ones that need a lot more work is is higher. Uh, I guess it all comes down to risk profile. Uh, A a more safer investment would be to buy a really nice property in a nice area that only needs a little bit of work. You'll be able to do that up and you'll be able to sell the property. Your return on that would be, of course, a little lower. Um, than, for instance, if I was to buy a property that was basically gutted and have to start again. Now, the risk, I guess, in that is a little more. When you get in there, do you find that something goes wrong. You you get change orders, for instance, that come through. You've got to do more work than you anticipated, so on and so forth. But the uplift in in equity on those properties is significantly more than the ones that only just need um, paint and carpet, for instance. But having said that, if you can find a good good property in a good area that just simply needs a bit of paint, a bit of carpet and a bit of TLC... They're they're fantastic deals because you can turn them over in 60 to 90 days. Uh, You can be in and out. Um, Even if you only get 15%, let's say you only get 15 or 20% as a flip, I generally won't do a flip for less than 20% return. Um, Even if you only get 15%, if you can be in and out in 60 days, you can do four or five of those in a year. You turn your money four or five times in a year, that's a very good annual return, 15% a hit rather than one property that you might get a 30% or 35% return from but if it takes you nine months to do that, um, you've got to look at the annualized what can you do in a year is what you really want to look at as your, as your return.
0: There are some difficulties when you're trying to break through into a foreign market and being able to get finance in another country is one of them.
1: It's difficult when you first get involved um, without being a, a citizen and without having a credit rating, it's very hard to be able to get finance in the US. Um, there is what they call private money or, or hard money um, you can get, but it's very expensive. You're sort of looking at, you know, 12%, 15% uh, annualised returns on that money. It does work if you're looking at renovations. You can possibly buy a property and then you could look at, at sort of, for instance, uh, financing the renovation costs because you'll only have that money for three or four months. Once the renovations are done, the property is sold, you pay it back. But on a longer term, buying property under those sort of circumstances really doesn't make doesn't make sense. The easiest way that I found here is I, I would pull a line of credit against a property we had here in Australia, and I would, you know, at, at sort of five percent or four. I guess we're probably even a bit lower now, aren't we? But um, where and then use that money in the US to make that fifteen to to twenty percent, and then I'd pay that back, and that that's how I would finance myself to start with. Now that I've been operating over there for a number of years, we actually have access to financing, which is great. But um, any other investor would probably need to invest for a couple of years. The benefit, of course, is that most of the numbers that I'm, that you're talking about, you can be in renovate a property all for less than around about that hundred thousand Australian dollars. You know, you can buy properties for forty thousand US and put twenty or thirty thousand into them. Uh, you know, so you're in for around about that sixty to seventy thousand US dollars, which is about that hundred thousand Aussie. And, and then once you sell the property, you get you get your returns. So that the big, you know for the cost of a deposit here in Australia, you could probably buy and renovate or buy a already renovated property that's giving you a good rental return. So it's not as hard, you're not leveraging yourself. Um, So firstly, I guess, there's two things to look at. One is you're not leveraging yourself, so therefore in Australia, the leveraging is handy because if the price of the property goes up, you get the increase on the leveraged amount. In the US, you don't have that, so you have gotta look pretty flat on your feasibility studies. But having said that, also your risk is a lot less because you don't owe thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on these properties. So if the market drops a couple of percent and you lose a couple of thousand dollars or a couple of thousand dollars off market value, you've already built twenty percent equity into the property already. So not so two or three, five, ten percent, even a ten percent drop, you're still well above what it costs you
0: to get in. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Lindsay Stewart's goals for the future.
1: I want to be at the stage in the next sort of four or five years where I don't need to be working, you know, long hours and and you know actively working on a whole number of
0: deals. Important advice that he still lives by today.
1: I think at the end of the day, we can analyze things all we like and we can look at things, but why don't we just do it?
0: And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Sometimes, the exchange rate between the Australian market and the US market can actually be an advantage for you.
1: The only negative you have to, or the only thing you've got to bear in mind when you, when opening an account, you actually have to be in the US to open an account. There's unfortunately no way, I tried for years, there was no way you can open a bank account from here. You actually have to be standing in a branch in the US and there's quite a few hoops to jump through. So it's not a simple opportunity to do that there are ways of building what they call an escrow account or generating an escrow account which is like a a trust account Uh, and there's a couple of companies that can do similar sort of things for you and hold funds in u.s dollars but they don't have any interest And in fact most banks don't have a lot of interest anyway nowadays but um but you know these escrow accounts are probably ways you could look at doing that at least in the initially um having said that you know I always say the exchange rate's are all about swings and roundabouts. You know, at the moment, the exchange rate, you know, we, we're looking at around about 67 US cents at the moment for, an, you know, the Australian dollar, uh, which means it's going to cost me a little bit more for my next property purchase. But the advantage is, of course, that 20% uh, return that I'm going to get, whatever that is in US dollars, is also means I'm going to get a little higher for my money in Australian dollars if I do bring it back. It also means that if I'm holding properties on rental, then my rental income of a you know, a thousand US dollars suddenly become, as you say, you know, 1400 1500 at the moment. Um, you know, if it drops away to $0.60, cents, then, then my $1,000 probably becomes 1600 1700 So there's advantages there. If, if the dollar strengthens again, you know, the advantages are then it's cheaper to get back involved. It's, it's you're not going to cost us as much to buy those properties up front. But then the disadvantages, your profits aren't going to quite be as high because of the exchange rate. So it sort of works both ways in that respect. Um, you know, so so you do want to monitor your exchange rates. If you had a, a bank account or have the opportunity to get a bank account in the US, I would definitely recommend it because it gives you flexibility. So what happens if you see the exchange strengthen for a while and you don't think it's going to hold, then it gives you that opportunity to move that money across at that rate. And then you can sit it over there and use it down the track. And then, of course, if it drops away, then it, that's great. You can start bringing some of your funds back. Um, as your exchange rate gets more favourable. So it does give you that flexibility to hedge your funds a bit for sure.
0: There is a drive within Stuart that continues to motivate him to this day and has helped him achieve his goals.
1: I mean, I guess at the end of the day, we all want to build up a big business. We all want to have a really good portfolio that's going to return us, you know, a, a good passive income, you know. So for me personally, I love I love generating that passive income so that I can start scaling down. I want to be at the stage in the next sort of four or five years where I don't need to be working, you know, long hours and, and you know, actively working on a whole number of deals and, and, and that sort of thing. You know, that's I, I guess what we're all looking for is that sort of passive income that we can then sit back. And now I, I think the term passive income can be actually a bit of a, uh, a bit of a misnomer. There, I don't believe there's any such thing as passive income. I believe there's always you're always going to have to do something um, to keep maintaining it and there's always some sort of management and so on and so forth. If you've got a property portfolio, as much as people will say it's all passive income, you've still got to manage that portfolio. So there's still some work involved. But do you have to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week? Probably not, and that's the advantage. I'm at an advantage now that, I, you know, what I do, I can do from anywhere in the world. You know, we go we go on holiday overseas. I bring my laptop. I can be sitting on a beach in Spain and I can be doing property deals in the US. Um, you know, we can be in Thailand. I can be, you know, in, in the Barossa Valley like I was a couple of months ago, you know, closing on some property deals. There's, there's no issue there anymore. I'm not tied to that desk. I'm not tied to any location, and, and that's been one of the benefits. Nowadays, though, I really get a buzz out of helping people sort of set up similar sort of standards. Um, the US market is is fantastic and I love it. But having said that, it, 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 there's a lot of challenges that if you're not careful, you can really fall in. There's a lot of traps. Um, unfortunately, after the GFC, there was a whole bunch, and I, I say the word scams, but I don't know if they're scams, but there was a lot of people who were trying to capitalise on the market at the time. And we're particularly targeting international investors, and you've got to be really, really careful when you're getting involved in this, and you don't you don't fall into those sort of traps. And I love trying to help people and, and and help them navigate these pitfalls and make sure that they don't get into here. And
0: feedback from people that have come into contact with Stuart's properties were surprising to him.
1: Some of the stories from our clients of what they've been able to do afterwards once we gave them the leg up. And they got in. It's fantastic. And then I had a I had an email from one of my operations managers in Michigan, and Detroit was a city that was absolutely in, in a mess. Uh, you know, ten years ago, after the GFC, that it was bankrupt. Um, it was a terrible place. Um, and you know, he he's, he emailed me. He was and literally in a nutshell, he was saying how blessed he was to be part of all this, and he is literally seeing neighborhoods changing. And you know, we're buying four and five properties in one block and doing them up and making them nice again and, and this is making a huge difference to neighborhoods in the States where where these these neighbourhoods, if not careful, we're heading for that slum area because if all the houses are just torn down and distressed and, and, and that's what that happens. And unless someone gets in and helps turn this around, it, it never will it will it, never get any better. Um, and you know, the ability to see that and we can walk through these properties and I got tenants sending me testimonials, would you believe, of properties saying how great it is to be in this property. They've been looking for good properties. They couldn't get any to live in and they're not even my clients. They're just tenants in one of our houses and I just find that um, I love it. I just love it.
0: We delve into the people behind the scenes that have helped him to get to where he is today and the impact that had on him.
1: Quite a few I guess, over the years, I mean my, my property journey has been littered with mentors to be honest, I, I loved, I, I still to this day love seminars and I love, I love listening to what people are doing and how they're doing it and, and, and that sort of thing, um, I've been a student um, of Dymphna Bohog, you've probably heard of her um, in property in Australia. Um, for probably 12 to 15 years now Um, and I I still love going to her seminars and hearing what her and some of her students are now doing and what they've been able to do and and, and still you know to this day uh, I'm part of that that environment and and, um, the the mindset that you can get from that is is fantastic Uh, in the US I I had to seek out a couple of people Uh, there was a not probably as familiar here in Australia, but I've been over and I've met and, and mentored with a gentleman by the name of Dean Graciosi a few times now. Um, he's a, a very, um, very wealthy property investor in the US. And, and one of his students, actually, um, I've been able to deal with fairly closely now guy by the name of Matt Larson. Um, he he does exactly this. He buys distressed properties, does them up and sell them um, in an area of the US called Iowa. Um, and he does around about $35 million worth of deals a year. And then when I found out, um, this, I thought I need to meet him. So I, I basically arranged myself a trip over there to, uh, knock on his door and meet the guy and then went back and did a seminar with him a couple of months later. And, um, he took me through his, his, uh, factory and, and all the properties that he does. And that was fantastic learning how he did it. Uh, so that was, you know, he's been a real sort of, you know, mentor and, of mine as well. And, um, and Dean has as well. He's still, I still in contact with him. I did a and talk about mentor. I did a seminar here in in uh, no, sorry, I did in Sydney this year uh, for Mark Boris, um, and he was doing mentoring, and I, I, that was I just found that mind blowing, uh, and and I use a lot of that now and even the mentoring that I'm getting from his, his team now, I'm, I'm developing in my business here and that, that's been invaluable for me. So there's, there's a whole bunch of, I suppose, people that have, have shaped where I am at now um, that have made a big difference.
0: Books are an important way of learning new things every single day and we hear Stuart's best recommendations.
1: Reading, I think, is probably one of the key points and, and I love it. Um, I absolutely love reading and, and I devour books. So you know, I, I would recommend any anyone to to get into reading if you if you if you can. So and there's some classics. I mean, you know, I, I guess one of my early days, and I still I've reread the book now probably five or six times. But but it's a classic for me. And there's a few in the series, of course, is Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad. And, and I think that's something that if you haven't read it, you've got to read it. it it's it's something that is a mindset book. It's probably one of the best that you that you can get in. From a business side of points, um, there's one recently I've read um, by Michael Masterton called "Ready, Fire, Aim," which I have found to be really, really good from a business standpoint. Not directly property investment, but but a more of a business book. Um, I, I found that to be invaluable um, as to as to sort of how to build your business uh, and and, it, and and essentially you know, take that step is what that book's all about. So that's probably one of the others that, that um, I've been really big at at the moment.
0: Mentors are great to learn from by watching how they operate, but the words can have just as much of a lasting impression. Mark
1: Burris, to be honest with you, and it was only just this year, and I know it's probably I was a fair way down the journey when I when I was able to meet Mark and, and, and do a seminar with him a couple of times here in Melbourne and then up in Sydney. But, you know, one of the things that, that he... Always was a big advocate of, and when I was talking to him, and actually, even Dean Graciosi actually, sorry, when I was in the US, said the same thing to me. Um, just do it, you know what I mean? Like, we, we can analyze things. I was a classic, and I think I said early in the piece, yeah, I was many, many, many years wanting to invest in real estate and never did. And, and, you know, I was probably 40, 40 years, 42 years of age before I really started to invest in anything, um, 40 anyway. and. Yeah, you know, I could have done that 15 years earlier if I'd actually got out of this paralysis by analysis and stopped reading about it, learning about it, thinking it's a good idea, and actually just did something. And and one of the things I, I was talked about, and and uh, Dean said to me when I was over there in the US last year, and in one of Dean Graciosi's events, and he he was we were talking at the lunch break, and he said to me, he was talking about one particular thing. He says, "Well, why don't you do it?" And I said, oh, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at this and he says, yeah, I know you're looking at it but why don't you do it? And I sort of went away after that. and then the afternoon session, I sort of thought, hell, he's right. Why don't I just do it? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? If it doesn't work, I'll sell it and, and start again. If it does work, that's fantastic. So, you know, really, I, I think at the end of the day, we can analyze things all we like and we can look at things but why don't we just do it?
0: With so much experience under his belt, Stuart has learned a lot of life lessons over his journey.
1: If I had to say I had a regret, it's that I waited so long to start. (laughs) But, um, you know, because as you say, you you, you either win or you learn and that's how all the deals work. You know, you either either win and get your return or you learn and you move on and and you don't do that again. (laughs) So, but you can't do that if you're doing nothing.
0: Even though he has already accomplished so much in his career, there are so many opportunities in the near future that excites him.
1: The impact that we can have now on on other people is probably one of the things at the moment that excites me the most. Um, the, the impact we can have on investors here in Australia by helping them get some really high cash flow properties, the impact we're making at the moment in neighbourhoods in the US, um, you know, by, by bringing these properties back up to into really good conditions and to, to making neighbourhoods good again. That sort of impact that we have on others, I think that's something that, that is it's priceless. You can't put, you know, figures on that. Um, I, I think that's probably one of the things I'm most passionate about at the moment. Um, you know, I, I actually feel, to be honest with you, I think that the U.S. is in for a bit of a slowdown coming up soon. And, um, you know, I don't think there's, that when, there's not going to be any sort of GFC Mark II or anything like that. Um, but like every property cycle, they've, they've had a fair bit of growth since the GFC, um, as have we, and, you know, we've sort of hit a bit of a slowdown here in Australia. I think the US is probably due for the same thing. That excites me a bit too, because being an investor and being in the market, uh, I want to be able to see those deals that I could probably have got back in 2014, 2015. With my experience and knowledge now, I'm, I'm quite excited to see what, what opportunities will pop up. So I know that sounds silly when you're saying I'm looking for a slowdown in the market that you're investing in, but I think it does open a hell of a lot of doors and so much opportunity. So that, that's probably got me a little bit excited as well. Um, but, um, but look, I think the impact you have on others has got to be one of the, the biggest the biggest driving forces nowadays.
0: How much of your success is due to your skill and intelligence and hard work and how much of it is because of luck?
1: I don't believe in luck, Tyrone, to be honest with you. I, I think we make our own luck. Um, you know, you can find good deals but at the end of the day, if you're not open to looking for them or opening, open to seeing them, then you'll just overlook them. Um, you know, it's not luck that these things are put in your path, or it's not luck that 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 you know you you can negotiate well. I, I really think mindset. You were saying before, I think your mindset and, and is everything. I really do. Um, you know, what you what you look at changes depending on how you see things, and that that's the most in, important aspect. Um, I I think your skills you can develop. I, I get that. Um, your mindset you can develop, but you need to be ready and open to actually doing that. Um, you can learn anything you want. I think in this day and age we're we're in there's two things at the moment which puts us in a really fantastic position as property investors. The first thing is the internet is incredible, and and the the tools that we have at our advantage nowadays, being able to look at properties overseas and do due diligence on properties without actually having to drive by them. Um, is incredible. The, the technology that's available nowadays is amazing, and that has opened up a global market for us, um, which is which is amazing. But the other thing is, there's this there's this real um, self learning capability now. Where in back in my day, you went to university to learn things, and if the university didn't do the course, well, then you couldn't learn it. Um, the, the the only other way you learnt anything was the school of hard knocks. But nowadays, you've got these people like like Dinfner, like Dean Graciosi, like Mark Burris, and they'll they'll have seminars and they'll have training courses. And yeah, I know it costs a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars. But at the end of the day, my university degree cost me forty thousand um, dollars to learn how to how to make computers, and I haven't made one in. For 35 years so you know paying two thousand dollars to mark burris to spend three or four days with him over a few weeks and also have access to his team anytime i want to help me in my business that's invaluable that 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 networking that you've got then the knowledge that you've got available now from all these people that have been there done that and can now teach you how to avoid the pitfalls um, that we have at the moment that again that uh, that is is gold
0: if you want to keep in contact with Stuart and ask him questions, he lets us know the best way to do so.
1: If they're interested in US investing, probably our website is, is probably the easiest. We've got a lot of information on there for them. Um, there's a, even contact details if they want to contact me, they're welcome to do so. They can book a book even book a call with me on that website. We've got deals up there and examples and case studies and testimonials and um, there's a webinar you can do to get a bit of in- information into the US market, how it works, what strategies work. So. our website www.stardynamic.com.au is probably the best place to start and then from there they can they can contact us anytime they like Uh, i think that's probably easiest
0: Thank you to Lindsay Stewart, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com.au. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.